Welcome to Sheepdog Nation podcast, the only place on the internet where law enforcement and their families can come to be understood, supported, and stood up for. Here's your host, the always entertaining, down-to-earth, yet-in-your-face truth speaker and Leo herself, Autumn Schmidt. Sheepdog Nation, what's going on? I'm really excited. Today, we have the Dominic Izzo. That's how I pronounce it. I have a really fucked up uh, the way that I talk. I can't... What is that called, Dominic? Everyone tells me my... um. What's it called? Oh, I don't know. I can't think of it right now. But everyone says it's my um, accent. I've got a fucked up accent. Everyone says that. So if I pronounced it wrong, don't mind that. Sheepdog Nation, I'm super pumped. You know me. I'm always bringing the truth, bringing the heat. But today, it's probably going to get turned the fuck up. So this is really a good time that if you are around children or if you don't have headphones on, put the headphones on. Turn the volume down if you're around kids because Dominic and I are bringing the heat. Dominic, what's up? Welcome to Sheepdog Nation. We're excited to have you. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. We are excited. So can you introduce yourself uh, just in case anybody hasn't been introduced to you yet? Absolutely. I'm uh, Dominic Izzo. I'm uh, from the Chicago area. Uh, I am a fired police officer. I spent uh, 16 years uh, in law enforcement and um I'm, uh, I guess I would be called the, the big mouth of, uh, of our profession, if you will. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, real short and brief. <laughs> well, you know, it is what it is. And you know what I love? Here's what I love the most. Sheepdog Nation, pay attention. Here's what I love the most about Dominic is that he, number one, he's Dominic through and through, man. I mean, there's, you have so much cop about you. Clearly, you've been a cop for a while. Because, you know, you just don't give a shit. And I love that. I just, I, I really... I really love that. And, and he says it like it is. And in your introduction, I'm, I'm a fired cop. Can you tell us you more put that about out there. that? Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I, I, I pissed people off. I spent, um, I was at three different departments in my time and they were all bordering towns in uh, Illinois, the, uh, the lake, the, in, up in Lake County, which is just north of Cook County, Chicago. Um, I was with uh, my first department from 01 to 05. My second department from uh, 06 to 09, and my last department, uh, 2013 to 2016. And um, I was a problem child in that I was an idealist, and I just didn't like uh, crap. And I had a chip on my shoulder with my first two departments, and I left. And then my third department, I went back, and I was a yes boy. I was a drone. I did exactly what I was told until I started to see the error of my ways. And... Um, I uh, got involved in a lawsuit, a federal lawsuit in my apartment because of the things that were going on there, um, and they they could not stand me. I demanded my chief's resignation, and they found a department policy to get rid of me on, and they did um, because I am a big thorn in their side. And it's not that I don't care. It's that I care so much that I don't want to be disingenuous mm-hmm. when I talk about anything for the sake of somebody crying bullshit. Um, that's why I say, yeah, I got fired. Uh, I don't care what your opinion is. Um, tons of cops out there could get fired, but they're always offered the position to resign instead, which is the, what the public doesn't realize for uh, department policy violations. But um, yeah, I don't, I didn't, I don't like injustice and uh, I didn't want to be held over um, the, the pension, the badge, the, 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 the career. I didn't want that held over my head. So I went, you can't, you can take that away from me, but you can't take away who I am. So I went to war with my department. And I love it. I love it. And so like what, so obviously, so here's the thing, Sheepdog Nation, if you've been following me for any amount of time, then you know that Dominic and I, we have quite a bit in common there because, um, I got injured on duty and then, um, I 
filed a lawsuit with my police department as well. And um, the difference is, is that I, mine is settled. Um, and uh, Dominic is currently in the middle of his, but it, you know, you have to admit the thing is, is it, it really, man, it puts this bitter taste in your mouth about uh, law enforcement, doesn't it? It does. It absolutely makes you see things, see things from a different perspective, mm -hmm. uh, as well as your, your brethren. Oh, that's, uh, and, and what it does to them and really tests your relationship with them. Yeah, it does. It really does. You know, um, prior to, uh, prior to me, and Dominic hitting record, I was just talking to him kind of briefly. And Dominic, I just want to touch on this with you because I just, I want to talk about this is, you know, like, I want to hear your experience. And because I have so many cops that reach out to me that are going through and that are exactly like where you are, or they're um, where I've been, or they're where I am. And they, and they literally can't understand the outcasting, you know, we, we get outcasted. Mm -hmm. um, I know for me, my, my partner who I literally went on every call with this guy, uh, became really good friends with he and his um, now wife. I got uninvited from their wedding and oh. he will not speak to me over nothing. I, it's like I fucking sued him personally. <laughs> like mm -hmm. what? You know, so it's, you know, it's just, it's this thing, uh, you know, it, it's heartbreaking, but it causes us to be bitter. You know, tell me your experience. There is no brotherhood. There's, and I don't care who says what. Um, it's amazing how cops will, I mean, let's not mince words, they will lie for one another. They will change reports for one another, or, you know, they'll modify their reports uh, to reflect what they think happened for one another. Um, God forbid you, you, uh, you leave that profession and you don't have that badge in your chest anymore. Uh, you're, you're an outcast. I, I have tons of cops who I work with who are amazing men and women who I can tell you not one, and I'm so confident about this, not one cop will ever say anything bad about my ability to go and be their backup or, or to service a call. But more men and women will come forward and say they just can't stand me because of my mouth and a personality conflict. That, that just shows we have a lot of problems in law enforcement because it's drone mindset. It's, a, mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like you're a leper and you don't want to be uh, you know, around other people. And it just, it blows my mind. I talk about it all the time. You're just a hundred percent right. And you know, that's, that's obviously, as you know, from, you know, listening to my podcast, even just for a minute, like that's, that's the biggest thing is like, I definitely, I agree. It's like, where the fuck is the brotherhood? Like where to go? Like, what are we doing? And, and, but I've got to say, and I'm sure you saw this too, but even when I was a cop, because I went through the same shit you did, right? Like I have a fucking, mm -hmm. I have an opinion and and I'm a female and I don't give a shit. And, you know, when I was on duty, I didn't give a shit then either. And you're right. I, I wasn't liked. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of this thing. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you're not with that, you know, you're not on duty anymore, whatever, whatever. I'm not full time anymore. But like, even when I was like, you know what I mean? It's like, well, well where's the, where's the thick blue line? Like, even when I was like, there was some people that were freaking out to fuck me over clearly my own supervisors. I mean, my own partners. Mm -hmm. The people I work mm -hmm. with, you know, law enforcement in itself breeds a type of person that is that one percent. So there's the problem right there. So you got the one percent mentality, and all I have to say is this: training classes. I don't know how have you seen it, but I used to used to teach for uh, NEMERTS, which is Northeast Multi Regional Training out here in Illinois. And it's amazing when you teach a class for cops; uh, they don't come to learn; they come to show you what they know. So that mentality should show you right there that the problem is with law enforcement is you get that one percenter. Well, they're one percent among a group. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to be the top dog. 
Yep. Everybody wants to be that, that person, that go-to, which is great until it comes to a brotherhood mentality and just shows there is none. So everybody alienates or creates clicks or it doesn't matter what you do. If you're like with me, I never hung out with the guys after work. I, I wasn't a drinker. You know, my first department worked 3 to 11. You know, all the young guys would go out after work. I didn't, never did it. So because I didn't go out with them, well, that got me alienated. But if I associate with one or two, that got me alienated. It's just, you cannot help, but it, some point in your career, one of two things is going to happen. You're going to be on the radar for command to put a bullseye on your back, or you're going to be alienated by your guys. Those things, they're guaranteed to happen. So what do you think? Like, how do we fix this? You don't. You, you, it's in the hiring process. Um, until you wind up fixing the top down and, and, and fixing how uh, command staff is run and command staff uh, leads their, their men and women, you will never fix it because command staff is the biggest click on the planet. You, you, you cannot, once, I mean, you, unless you address that and you wind up, um, pol policy is another aspect. I don't, don't want to be all over the place here, but general orders is nothing more than a giant fuck you book mm -hmm. because you could violate general orders and I could violate general, general orders, but we're going to get disciplined differently based on whether or not the sergeant or uh, commander likes us. Yes. So until that stuff changes, nothing will change. I couldn't agree more. So in alignment with everything that I say, because it really, really is, you know, fucking the, the, the pressure, the stress that, I mean, that, you know, officers are facing now, just even if we put everything else about the job in our back pocket and we talk about just admin, just the white shirts, they're the ones that are fucking causing half of these fucking police suicides, man. These fucking the stress. I mean, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. I just said that yesterday. I just talked about that yesterday at the end of my show is the fact that Chicago police, I believe have had six, suicides within the yes. last uh, eight months yes. um what people don't understand is as a cop and, and it's not even cpd so the sergeant i if since sergeant put a put a bullet in her own head it means she was a single person car so nine i would say 90 percent of the police departments out there are single person cars yeah. and if you're in the midwest or any anywhere where it gets cold here's what the public doesn't understand or i'm sure cops understand this period uh you got problems at home your your problems start to fester you go to work you get problems from the people on the street. They're giving you more stress. You go on the command, so you go indoors, the command staff is giving you problems. Then yes. you're in that box, that squad car, all day long, working midnights, February, 2 o'clock in the morning, when it's negative 2 degrees below, and they want you out to be there, there being active. You are stressed at a level which breeds hopelessness, yes. which is something that I refused to uh, succumb to. I love that. Hopelessness. Let that sink in, Sheepdog Nation. That's... That's huge. It, and you're so right. And anybody who's worked overnights, holy shit, you know it, especially when you're all by yourself, man. I know it. I know. It. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I spent a lot of my nights. Uh, yep. Feeling very hopeless. Yep. Mm -hmm, hands down. And, and I sit in that car. You're by yourself. You don't oh. see sunlight. You, your relationship is ruined if you're dating. Command staff is – command. I mean, let's look at it this way, guys. Uh, men specifically. Uh, how many women – men are attracted to – men in law enforcement are attracted to alpha women. We just mm -hmm. are. We don't like uh, subservient women. So what happens is we date strong women. We marry strong women. Well, then these strong women give us shit at home mm -hmm. because that's what we're attracted to, right? We like that. You don't think these commanders come to work and they dish that crap right out to you because they can't run their own households? Right. It's exactly. a power trip and a half. 100%. 100%. And so, okay, so let me ask you this. In your opinion, how do we, okay, so how, how are we going to change law enforcement from the top down? How do we do that? We just hire different people? Like, my question is, is this, is 
and this is so funny because I was just asking myself this like a couple of days ago, do we hire from without? Like, why, why are we hiring from within? Why are we taking this fucking guy who's been groomed, literally fucking groomed since day one of being from a patrolman all the way up, right? You got to be groomed, you know, get on your knees and talk this way and do this and do that from corporal to sergeant to lieutenant. And now he's completely groomed. He's, he's the police department way. Right. And so now he's in the running Mm -hmm. with a couple other people that have been completely groomed. And why are we doing that? Why, why can't we, why are we not taking people like, because no one's speaking up. No one is speaking up. My last, my chief, my last chief became a part-time police officer at 47 years old. He kissed ass, knew how to play the game, and the chief is an appointed position. So he got appointed chief of police. He ran Lake County Major Crimes Task Force and was in charge of the G.I. Joe Glenowitz investigation. This is a man with zero police experience. So you tell me when that happens. Um, one of my deputy chiefs in my last department, he got in a foot pursuit his first six months on the job. First six months, broke his collarbone, was stuck behind a desk in investigations, never saw the street again. He was promoted. So what asked you, how you do this is you start cycling and you start putting a, a limit on these positions, uh, five years, mm. seven years, mm-hmm. and then you throw them back on the street. If we're going to ask for term limits with, um, with politicians, you have to ask for the exact same thing when it comes down to your patrol. Mm. You know what? I, hear, I used to hear from detectives all the time that being in the dicks was great because after you got cycled out and put back on the street, it's like patrol was nothing. You saw things differently. This and that stuff should be the exact same way for police command. Um, when I ran for sheriff, I, I had some concepts and ideas of saying that, you know, all command had to live within, and this was a county thing, but I would have applied this if I was a, a chief somewhere, which I think the chief of police should live in, in the town he works in, period, uh, because that man is then going to be forced to care about and be held accountable for the town that he lives in. Um, there's just so much crap that needs to be returned to, like community policing is a redundant term. It's redundant. It should be put the focus on there. But you know what? Um, this is just an ever-ending topic. Uh, you stop having your guys police for revenue. Stop uh, enforcing these bullshit. You know, I don't know your views on cannabis, but my views are: oh my god, I can't believe how many people's lives I ruined over a fucking plant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stop these arbitrarily. You know, stop bleeding your people for traffic violations. Start. You know what? Start letting cops exercise their job more and go and and do things that benefit the community more. Yeah. Bottom line is, police chiefs in command. They should take care of their patrol officers. They should be first, not yes. the people of the town. Because yes. if you took care of the cops first, yes. then the cops are going to take care of the people of the town by default. Yes. Stop with the, I mean, start defending your guys' with frivolous complaints. Start getting on your sergeants and your lieutenants to make sure that, the, that the, your guys are not disciplined. Discipline does nothing. How the fuck do you discipline a grown 30-something-year-old man or woman? Treat them like a piece of shit over crap. You need, you need to, uh, yeah, police chiefs need to put their, uh, their patrol first and their command uh, has a responsibility taking care of their patrol. A hundred percent. Well, hands down. If we did things that way, you, you would see you, the whole entire law enforcement as a whole, I believe, would change uh, tremendously. And that's, it's such a simple, it's just a focus. It's just a switch of focus. And it's, it's hands down. I've been saying this for years, to be honest, even when well, I was. What do we operate on? We operate on fear. Yeah, operate Absolutely. on fear. Go out there, and if you don't reach, um, if you don't reach your, what do you call it, your, um, your, 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 your points, and your, yeah, yeah. If, if, if anybody who doesn't think the quotas don't exist, you're out of your mind. 
Uh, yep. If you don't reach your 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 numbers, you're going to be yep. put on a different shift and this yep. and that stuff. Oh my God. Everything. You know. Yep. Yes. Everything is based out of fear. Absolutely. Yep. No, I couldn't and agree people more. Don't, and the public doesn't understand. It's like I was a huge DUI cop, um, and my last arrest was a cop. That's how much of a jag off I am. I don't believe that we're we're we do we we swore an oath and we are supposed to be held to a higher standard. And when I stopped arresting DUIs, well, there went that tow that tow fee and then that um, that administrative fee. And this that my department was so pissed at me. Wouldn't you know? Come the next year for shift bids, I got the shift I wanted, but they took me out of my brand new 2015 Tahoe and they put me in the piece of shit 2011 uh, Impala. Just mm-hmm. it's just it's how it goes. Mm-hmm. This the smallest things out there that people don't understand to fuck with cops to make their lives miserable, so that they will. Uh, They'll, they'll play good boy fetch and step later. It's true. It's true. And, and they do. It's the smallest things. Why is that? Why does the small things mess with cops? You know, I, I remember. You, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. You said. Well, you, you know, I just, I just remember small things, like just small little things would send me right over the edge. <laughs> like, you know, Because that's why. Because yeah. that's why. Small little jabs. Uh, I didn't like the way you worded this report. Uh, rewrite yes. it. Yes. I, I'm sorry. Exactly. You're not writing it. I am. A report is a summation of the events that happened. It is not the gospel truth. My testimony is the gospel truth. So why do I need to rewrite this if you don't like it? Uh, you know, changing squad cars. Um, you know, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you know, I want to see you wear a, a black uh, t-shirt underneath your, your summer uniform because white can be seen in the middle of the night. It's just not tactical. Uh, what, what are you talking about? The stupidest little things out there. I know. It just, and that's why department policies and general orders are so powerful because they could be anything. They can be absolutely anything. And a chief has all the power in the world. And, and it's, you know, and here's the thing is like, okay, now let me ask you this. So, so we, we say that police work is paramilitary. Do you believe it? The, the, we're supposed to be. Well, we're supposed to be, but do the military have all these issues because do they have all these politics in there? Like, right. You know what I mean? Uh, I keep hearing the military does however not to the degree because the last time i checked they're there they follow orders it is not as convoluted um and the military they pressure test their people to that level of standard you look at fitness i'm sorry i'm 44 years old and i'm in better shape than god knows how many people out there and you don't want to fuck with me you don't Mm -hmm. but i can't tell you the guys who were put through the academy who were new guys they failed at the academy, the fitness test. Well, just push them through anyways. Uh, that mindset right there. Why are, we, why are we not bouncing them? You couldn't do the basic level of fitness for this job that thousands of other people wanted? There, the there in lies the other problem. FTO programs. How many people are we passing through FTO uh, that we shouldn't? Because the department invested 30 grand in them or whatnot. It's There's disgusting. your problem right there. Yeah, They're not following not- their own rules. Yeah, you're right. Or how about this? How about they're, they're afraid to take someone off the road who really literally cannot hack it still when they're on basic FTO, right? Because they're afraid of a lawsuit. They're afraid of the repercussions. Well, I'm thinking, yeah, what's going to happen? What are the repercussions? Would you have this friggin' complete soup sandwich out there arresting, making, you know, bad arrests, gets in a bad fight, gets in a bad shoot? Like, what about, what? where's the liability there, police oh, department? no, 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 no. There are no bad arrests because as long as that person is within any color of the law that the, that the command staff can wind up saying, though this was justified, they will. That's where all that crap breeds up right there too, because mm-hmm. you have these people, and I use this example all the time. We had a new guy in my department who pulled over a driver, 
smelled cannabis, you know, arrested the driver for a baggie of weed, but then he's searching the rest of the car, goes in this woman's purse, who is the passenger, and winds up, she has a single oxycodone pill on her purse. She says, yeah, my mom gave that to me a year ago for a back pain. Class four felony hooks her up right there. The no, woman, I stabbed her. I was so pissed about this. I said, so this woman has to go to bond court, misses her job, has to, the, has to spend the night in, in, our, in our holding facility, goes to bond court, probably missed her job in the morning, has a class four felony on record for fucking points, for right. felony points. How is this? Well, it was a lawful arrest. How is it moral or ethical? It's not. But we allow that crap because of points and then the money they wind up making on the, on the arrest. And it's just, it is, it's a bunch of bullshit. And I don't agree with where law enforcement is headed. No, and I do. I, I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, it's really about being reasonable and discretion and like, let's, can you be a human for a minute? Like, <laughs> and like, like take a look at the bigger picture here. Can, can we look at the bigger picture for just a moment? And a lot of times I talk a lot about that too you know, especially with obviously rookie cops, but it's not just all rookie cops. We have some veterans out there, whatever. And uh, yeah, so we, we definitely need to get a grip on that because I mean, not, you've just given us all a bad fucking look, you mm-hmm. know, in my opinion, mm-hmm. let's, let's stop that. So now let me ask you this, Dominic, like, so how has stress affected you um, w- when you were in the job? Can you talk about that? As far as stress from the job itself or, yes. or, yes, you know what? It didn't, um, you know, I, if we're talking about calls, you know, I'm one of those guys who's very secure in my emotions. So it didn't matter what the call was. Uh, you, you have a bad day. You see a dead kid, you wind up going home, you ball your eyes out and I'm okay with it. Stress from the command staff was that, um, and people didn't get this. So my partner, uh, you know, him and I worked the same shift together and you know, I knew him for years and years and years working in the prior department, the board of their town. And we, when we partnered up, we were amazing. Um, you were both Italian. He's 63 and he retired two years ago or a year ago. I mean, I'm 44 and we just, we were two of the shortest guys in our department, but no mm-hmm. one screwed with us because we had the best people skills. Um, and, you know, we looked like he didn't want to screw with us, but I couldn't believe this man, how tough he was. You know, he's got 30 years in law enforcement. He would tell me, you know, I, every day I come to work, I have to pull over the side of the road and I, I, I pull my car over and I throw up. You know, how, how bad they fuck with me. And I'm going, you're out of your mind. You're stupid. It's ridiculous. I went from golden boy who did whatever my department wanted, uh, tons of arrests, righteous arrests, um, uh, FTO, uh, fiduciary on our um, pension board, union president, uh, the, the liaison between the community groups for, for speaking engagements, uh, all this stuff to believing 100% what he said. When we got in our law uh, lawsuit um i couldn't believe the, the emails that i would come every day i would walk in so i worked uh 5 p.m to 5 a.m when i walked in wouldn't you know it 4 45 i'm logging on check my email uh see me uh regarding this report see me regarding this memo look at your memo in this box explain here's i would get memos in my box explain to me why you did not arrest somebody for a uh, class c uh misdemeanor for doing uh th- 25 miles an hour over in a, in a speed in a speed zone and why did you give them a verbal warning petty stuff on a daily basis i'm going to tell you like clockwork there's an intersection up our town it's uh, route 60 and uh and 120 every time i pulled up to that i would immediately the last six months of my job every single day my stomach would bubble and i'd walk right in the department first place i hit was the toilet and i would have diarrhea it, it completely upset my stomach to the point of getting fucked with in these small petty bullshits just to see me, see me. Well, we use 10 codes up in our town. And yeah, when yeah. you'd be over the radio, you'd be, you'd be half hour, hour into your shift. 
1019 per 500. Yep. Now I got to go in. I got to yep. I got to sit in his office and listen to his bullshit now. And you're st- they knew how to psychologically fuck with you. That stress. Now I get why cops kill themselves and why cops absolutely start shit at work and why they quit. But yep. I had been through the ringer before, so I refused to let this bother me this time. Physically, I couldn't control it. I could not physically control what that stress did to my body. Mentally, I refused to let them fuck with me. Okay, so what'd you do? Like, okay, tell us about that. So how did you refuse? I shot my like- mouth off. Um, so I got lucky. Uh, my first apartment, I had a chip on my shoulder because I wouldn't sleep with a village trustee. So she made sure that I didn't get the canine. I complained about that, big bunch of big shit. And I said, screw this. I said, I quit. I'm done. My second department, I got in a fight with the mayor because his father owned the only 4 a.m. bar in Lake County. And um, there were dram shop law violations and drug deals going on. And they, they called me a liar for this. And when you call me a liar, I see red. So I got another chip on my shoulder and I resigned from that department. This time around, when they called me back and said, hey, we got a spot open. Do you want this? I went, you know, I thought about it for a while. I'm like, no, I don't want to go back to law enforcement. So then I finally did. But this time around, I went and I knew it. No, I let them win the first two times. You're not winning this last time. You're not. So I, I flat out, I knew that I started to grow with social media. I had the luxury of, of having all these people look at what I'm doing, this and that stuff. I beat them to the punch. When I knew that things were going to start uh, sh- hitting the fan, I started to be a little bit more public about it. And the day that I knew I was going to be suspended or fired, I actually wrote up a demand letter for my chief to resign because I was not about to let him um, dictate what was going on. So I listed every department violation he did, the corruption he had been involved in. I gave it to him. I demanded his resignation. And uh, two hours later, I was uh, placed on administrative leave. And then three weeks later, I was fired. Um, So I kind of got ahead of that. And that was the one thing that I learned from my last department is get ahead of whatever is, is going to wind up attacking you. Um, so that's how I handled it was that I didn't roll over and I didn't stay quiet about stuff because when you stay quiet about things, they can, they can say whatever they, they want. They win. Yep. Yep. I shot my mouth off is what I did. And so here's the thing. And here's the thing about this. This is, it's, it's a really friggin' good point because that was the thing about me is there was so much shit going around, circling around me. The, I couldn't even believe it. You, you make a few points. I just want to go over with you because I know this happens. I know this happens at every police department. So every police officer listening, you can, whether you want to, you know, whether you want to DM me, me or Dominic privately and say, Oh my God, I can totally relate or not. We know that you can, because here's the deal at my police department, it was always 1019 for two that was the deputy chief or 1019 for the sergeant and it was or we would get you know whatever my number was it was three one and it would be three one 1088 right so 1088 means we had to go car to car i cannot tell you how many times i got singled out my supervisor would get mad at me and say awful just things that like they, they literally couldn't even be saying like if and and it took me a while to to stand on my own two feet and be like are you fucking kidding me? You can't say this to me. Like, who are you? The shit that you're saying is, is it's a fucking harassment. I mean, I've even been sexually harassed inside of the briefing. Oh God. Law, you know? and law enforcement. Yeah. And you know what, but I'll tell you this, not to be sexist. Some of you female cops are the worst at it, but yes, it's there. Uh, oh, and, and I didn't, it, it, that, that shit didn't bother me. Um, what bothered me was the hypocrisy because this is what we're not taught from day one. Everybody and their mother who tests for this job and wants to be this, become this job, it becomes a part of your identity. Mm. You, you are a cop. I don't know about you, 
but I did not, I, I tried my best to remain humble, but it's impossible. You go somewhere, you got that shiny tin star in your back pocket. My God, I don't care if you go to a club, you pull, your, pull out your badge. I don't care if you're uh, somebody, you know, somebody says, hey, you look like a cop. I am a cop. You know, you, it's, it's the integrity and the pride of that. To have that taken away, mm-hmm. they know how powerful that is. You are pretty much guaranteed with that bag, with that badge in your back pocket. You will never be arrested. You will wow. never get a ticket. Wow. You get discounts uh, on, on your food. You have the, my God, you see a fight break out somewhere or you have something happen somewhere. All you have to say is I'm a cop. That is power that is unmatched anywhere. And for some cops who want to lose that, they don't want to lose that. They will never guarantee. So that guarantees that you will, you'll do whatever your sergeant or you'll take the shit. That's where my mindset was different was fucking take it away. Because mm-hmm. my name's Izzo. My name is not police officer. Mm-hmm. So that's why that last time around, I'm very thankful for my first two experiences. Taking that from me was mm-hmm. not an issue. It didn't bother me. Yeah. And that's a really good point too. You know, I guess, you know, I think that that's a really good point. I never really actually thought about is like when, you know, that is a really good reason as to why everybody just shuts their mouth. I mean, some of the, you know, some really grown ass, you know, squared away cops, and they just shut their mouth and they get treated like a bitch. I mean, literally, that's how they get treated. <laughs> what and, else you going to do? What other profession you going to do? Drive around in a car, yeah. almost do nothing all day long, make 80 grand a year, have a pension when you're done. Uh, and then here's the deal. This is the worst part. And it doesn't, doesn't bother me now. When I first left my job, now, I, I, I kind of transitioned a little bit. Uh, so the first time it bothered me where I went back into the fitness industry Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, you, you, you used to be a cop. Why did you used to be a cop? You're, you're. I think I was 32 when I first left, 31. But then I, you know, I, t- I only took six months off and I went back. But that, that whole question that that ruined my ego. I'm like, yeah. oh my god. Um, I, I had the question that the second time I left, I was gone for about three years. I, I, I owned a gym, mm-hmm. so oh, it was easier for me to see the transition. Uh, you know, hey, yeah, no, I, I left to to run a business. Oh, okay. But this time around, when they when I got fired, because it was you know you resign or you get fired, fire me. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I'm in my 40s. I don't give a shit. So when you do care, and it's an ego blow, and you're in you're in your late 40s, early 50s, and you have to resign or you get fired, what are you gonna do? Go to Starbucks and right. then have people go, oh, you used to be a cop. Yeah. That is such a blow to your ego to justify that. Yeah. And other cops know that. When I ran for sheriff and everybody wanted to exploit it, oh, Izzo got fired. Izzo got fired. Yeah, all I have to do is say, yeah, I got fired for texting a photo of a 86-year-old woman who bled out from a ruptured upper GI. And half the cops either went, oh, well, that's stupid. And the other ones who couldn't stand me because of my mouth, went, oh, well, I would never do that. No, <laughs> you're all cocksucking liars. Liars. other shit you've probably done. That's but right. it's amazing how you have to defend that position. And I just got tired of defending it. I don't care anymore. Oh, you got fired. Yeah, I did. So what? Mm-hmm. I did. Next, what's your next question? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but to, to put yourself in that position to justify that is extremely humiliating yep. when you first experience it. And cops, yes, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to go through that? Yep. Oh, it's, it's absolutely. And even even like my situation, too, even the, right now, man, I mean, every every cop who, you know, knew me, blah, blah. You know, what what, what did you do? Like, what happened? How, mm-hmm. You know, how much? So you sued the police department. Why would you do that? Like, and how much money they all know the truth and, and it's like you're you're just as fucking miserable sitting at the police department i just did what you've only been talking about doing for 10 fucking years except difference is, is i had the balls to do it because i'm not going to lay down that's the difference you know but every oh, cop I, knows it 
all yeah. it takes is being in a department for a year and you start to, um, you start to see through the bullshit. You start to see through the favoritism. 100%. You start to see through all that. So any cop out there who's going to sit there and question, why did you do that? Is so full of shit. Because yeah. they all know, you know why. It, it, you don't even have to be in my department. I could be in a northwest suburb of Chicago, and you could be in Ohio or New York or Florida, and you know damn well it's the same police politics every Everywhere. department. I don't care who mm-hmm. says what. So, okay, so let me ask you this. So to try to turn this into somewhat of a positive, <laughs> how can we, what's the best advice that you could give a, a cop right now for to survive it or, you know, not get sucked in? Or it, It's what not you- who you are. It's not who you are. There's life after law enforcement. My, one of my favorite um, concepts of law enforcement is Sir Robert Peel and, and his nine principles of policing. And I reference this all yes. the time. Number seven, to paraphrase, says the police are the public and the public are the police. And you have to look at it this way. You were a citizen first. Yes. You came in. My last badge number was 501. It's my badge number. Guess what? It was someone else's badge number before me. And soon, if I don't get reinstated, it's going to be someone else's badge number. And even if I stayed and I retired, it would become someone else's badge number. So mm-hmm. 501 wasn't me. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand, you're going to become a citizen again. Yeah. That's where cops screw up. Because yeah. what happens is that mentality, and it, I suffered for it my first time leaving, was you, you, you leave law enforcement, you retire, you, then you go into a 7-Eleven or something, and you got five of the cops, they're all getting together, they're all having coffee, and you look at them, and they don't know who the hell you are. But you have that feeling of, I, I remember when I was, and they, they don't accept you. You're not one of their own. You're like, a, you're like a, a goose that was born without a wing. They don't want to associate with you because you're deformed. doesn't matter if you retired. doesn't matter if you left, fired, resigned. doesn't make a damn bit of difference. When you are no longer in that lifestyle, you're not going to be accepted. I don't mm-hmm. care what you say. You're going to be seen as an old man, a woman that's that stuff, an outcast. It's not who you are. You have yeah. to survive on the fact that your last name is who you are. That's all that matters. And you are going to have another uh, source of income because that's all the job is, a source of income at some time. 100% of your jobs out there at one point in time in your life are going to fail, including law enforcement. So you got to be ready for it. Exactly. And so like, and so here's, you know, here's what I'm hearing. And here's what I also tell cops is have something, have something on the side. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Have Mm -hmm. something and, and don't wait, just have something so you can completely you you can self-identify as a human and who you are and not like this cop. And it, it is hard. It is hard. You know what I mean? Like, we, you know, you go to a party, you go to get gatherings and, oh, you know, Clifford, she's a cop. She's a cop. Autumn, she's a cop. You know, it's like, dude, I'm a fucking human too. You know, I don't always want to talk about how, the fact that I'm a cop, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? And like, that's what all of us deal with. You know, when you're a cop, that's what you deal with and you go to gatherings and every other fucking thing. But like, like you said, you know, like at one point in time you owned a gym and like, I know you're very big into fitness and I also know that you're, you're a martial artist and like, so you, you have things, you know, so that I had to get my, my gym failed. So I had my gym for three years. I profited one month out of those three years is when I was, I, I actually made money out of it. So I did it, you know, and that was the other thing too, is like, I, I harp on them all the time. Cops are, mm-hmm. cops want to eat their own. Cops yeah. are the epitome of the, of the lobster in the barrel. And I can't believe, oh, you, your, your gym failed. Yeah, I owned a gym for three years. What did you do? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, well, explain to me what you did. So that's for me personally is I had to get over the fact that my name was not officer. You know, my name is Dominic Izzo. That's who I was, who I am. And I couldn't sit there and not have that. So yeah, I had to become, you know, I want to be a wing charm instructor. I want to be an author. I want to be a, a radio host. I want to do social media. 
I always wanted to do, not have those things, including law enforcement, identify me, but have yep. me be a part of what they is. And I lost my identity uh, in, in being a cop. And in the first two times when I, when I, I left, I resigned. I, I thought, you know, I, I felt so low and I felt so bad. I was so embarrassed to say that I wasn't law enforcement. This time around, you know, they thought that it was going to do the damage. You know, my chief thought the biggest way to hurt me was to take that badge and title away from me. And I went, uh, no, because yep, I'm still me. Exactly. I got to tell you something. So it's, it's so funny that you're saying this because this is exactly what happened to me. They thought, they thought that they could take away my, my badge, the, the police department that I got hurt at and, it would, and that it would ruin me. Okay. Little did they know I was already building a business and I was already self-identifying as somebody else. And to just, ta just to top this off. And the reason I'm telling you this and we're sharing this with you, Sheepdog Nation, is because you need to put yourself in our shoes because you are not an anomaly or we aren't. Okay, this happens. This happens to a lots of people and it could very well happen to you because you never know when shit hits the fan and you didn't just hold your mouth just right and you didn't do something just fucking right when your ass is going to be on the line. Okay, so, you know, you can take everything that we're saying and understand that, yes, you know, it may sound like we're bitching or we're venting or we're negative or this and that. No, this no, reality. that target will be on your back someday. Exactly. That target, I don't care who says what. Yep. It, it is absolutely, and you know what? Just, to, just, just to top this off. So about two years after I got done at the police department, and um, there was a lawsuit and blah blah. But again, this was not to the chief himself. It was a workers' comp lawsuit. I got hurt while doing the job, and I, all of a sudden, everybody takes this personally, <laughs> like I'm suing them personally, right? Whatever. So I see the chief two years later at the gym we work out at the same gym together we start having a conversation and he says to me well you look like you're doing good autumn i mean you never really you never really like being a cop anyways and and, mm -hmm. and 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 all this stuff right that's what he just starts going on and on well, you have your business and you got everything that you wanted i mean this is what this fucking guy is saying to me and like I, all i did is because i didn't even feed into it i just smiled at him and i'm thinking yeah, chief, you know, I'm, yeah, my, uh, my private consulting business, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm probably making more uh, annually than you are in retirement. And it's fantastic. You should have seen his face. It went from, you know, he had like the wind. Yeah, I just knocked the wind right out of his sails because fuck you. Because mm -hmm. I didn't, didn't self-identify as this cop and I'm not this lost fucking soul. So here's, here's my advice to you, Sheepdog Nation. Do not be this lost soul. You know, pay attention to everything that I tell you in these podcasts. My message to you is go and get, be true to who you are and don't lose who you are. If you, if you stay true to who you are, just like Dominic has demonstrated over and over and over again, and, and I have too, you know, don't lose sight of who you are. And then no matter what happens, they won't win. Whoever they is in whatever situation it is, like they don't, they don't get to win. You'll always come out on top because you're staying true to who you are. If Dominic stayed true to who you know, he is, and, and he's built a, a massive following, and he has a fucking, he has a huge impact on law enforcement, to the extent that, you know, and I was just telling Dominic, I was just telling you this, like, a few minutes ago, like, all, all I simply did was, hey, guys, who do you want me to, who do you want me to interview on uh, Sheepdog Nation, let me know, and I had five, five to ten cops who just, you know, DM me and be like, Dominic, I want to talk to Dominic Izzo. Dominic Izzo, like, I really like him. Like, I want to hear about him. I want to hear what he has to say. Like, that's called impact. That's called influence. And that's because you, Dominic, you never lost sight of who you are. And, and you're very blunt about it, too. You're in, your, you're in our face. You're in someone's face. Hey, this is who I am. You don't like it? Well, I don't give a shit. This is who I am. Okay? And, and that, Sheepdog Nation, you need to, as cops, don't lose that. Do not lose sight of that. And keep that, especially 
rookie day one, don't lose sight of who you are and, and have something so you don't get all fucked up, you know, with admin and mm. every other fucking thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, good points. Really, really good points. So, so what are you up to now, Dominic? Like if somebody wants to come hang out with you, I know you've got a show. Tell us about your show. Tell us what you're up to. I, I got blessed enough to be picked up by Mojo Five O, and it's a radio show on iHeartRadio. Uh, they're based out of uh, Fort Worth, Texas, uh, but they have shows all over the place. Um, you know, we got uh, Doc Thompson from the Blazes on there, and Sam Sorbo, who's Kevin Sorbo's wife, is on there. Uh, they sat there. They liked what I did. Uh, they wanted to give me a platform to be uncensored and kind of uh, just be me, and so it's I, I am just me on there. Uh, pretty brutal. We're on every Monday through Friday. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on Mojo 5.0, iHeartRadio. Um, Dad and I, I got a book coming out uh, probably within the next six to six to ten, six to ten weeks. Um, I got picked up by Words Matter Publishing. Um, I'm still with Mobile Spike. Mm-hmm. Mobile Spike was uh, a product that we have uh, shooting out of the front of, plus, front of squad cars that uh, deflate tires based on vehicle pursuits. Um, and I also, I got a plan B. I'm one of those geeks. I'm one of those guys who <laughs> I do, I do it the right way. I do it the right way, but I fell in love with network marketing about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I've been doing. That's that MLM stuff. Uh, yeah. And that was one of the other reasons was when they said, you know, uh, Hey, resign or we're going to fire you. I went, uh, go ahead. Cause I had a plan B. Mm-hmm. So to be hundred percent honest, the one, the one reason why it was so easy for me to do this where other cops can't, I'm not married and I have no kids. So when it can't, so I understood the frustration from other guys out there who, how are you going to feed your kids? How are you going to, you know, pay your mortgage? What is your wife going to think of you if you wind up getting fired, this and that stuff? It was a no brainer for me because I also had, I had other incomes. I had other avenues coming in um, and I didn't have to worry about miles to feed. So for me, that was an easiest decision. I know a lot of, not a lot of guys can hand, are in that position. So um, it's not easy for other people, but they got that's why they have to have a plan B and a plan C. Yes. If you think law enforcement, is your only source of income, you're out of your mind. Of you your have mind. to have two, three, four sources of income. Yep. Absolutely. Hands down. And, and Sheepdog Nation, seriously, like, listen to what he just said. Like, he had a plan B. I did, too. I did, too. And that's, and that's why it didn't kill me. But you go and you look at, and maybe you're sitting here yourself, and you're in a position where, you, might, you know, you may be getting done, or, you know, you may be getting fired, or having to resign, or blah, blah, whatever it could be. And, you know, you, and you don't have that plan B or that plan C and think about how you're feeling right now or put yourself in that position. If you don't have a plan B, you know, and, and, and how you would feel and what would happen, especially if you're the only source of income for your family, which is, that's a lot of what goes on in law enforcement. Okay. Like, the, like that's the truth. So you, you, yeah, it's definitely all about that plan B. Absolutely. And you know, I got to tell you something, Dominic, I was, uh, I was a beach body coach for a long time <laughs> when mm-hmm. I was a cop too. Mm-hmm. MLM, man. Like I, I, I wasn't scared. I was not. You know what? Scared. I don't know why I'm going to tell you more cops need to look at that in any business, any MLM business for a specific reason. Why is it's passive income and cops are already in a leadership position. Yes. Uh, yeah. MLM is a MLM has a bad reputation. Oh, it's a pyramid scam. All this. Um, look at our profession. Yeah. Patrol officers, sergeants, lieutenants, Deputy chief, chief, yep. everything is a pyramid out there. So that, but that's what did the thing for me is I got involved in a couple of them and uh, I was like, Oh, I don't want to do this crap, but I did it. I was like, Oh my God. So yeah, I, I know, I know a lot of, a lot of cops are in MLM and I will flat out tell you, if you were a police officer and you have a personality and you're not afraid of rejection, guys, you have to have some kind of backup that is really pulling in a couple extra bucks for you a month, just in case something happens. 
Yep. I couldn't agree more. That's, that's honestly fantastic advice. And uh, Dominic, as I, as I wrap this up and uh, do you have, what, what advice would you give um, first to rookies? I'd like to hear what you have to say to rookies. Don't you dare under any circumstance, no matter what, ever lie. Never, ever, ever lie. That's the first thing. I don't care if it costs you your job. Uh, you lose everything you are the moment you lie. The second thing is, is that if you do not understand that you took this job to become a better person, then you're in the wrong profession. This job is not for you to put away the bad guy. This job is not for you to wind up serving your community. This job is not for you to just do whatever. This job is to improve you as a human being because by solving other people's problems, helping other people, serving your community, you will improve as yourself as an individual. And the more you improve as an individual, the more you serve your public. So you have to understand that synergistic effect and understand you're not going to work every day to, to be the white shining knight to help everybody. You're going there to improve yourself as a human being every day. Fantastic. Fantastic advice. And, uh, and before we, uh, before we leave, do you have anything that you would like to just leave Sheepdog Nation with? Uh, no, I, I appreciate those who listen and those who want to, uh, you know, who wanted me on in the first place. Um, I'm bitter. You know, people are like, oh, you're just salty and bitter. Of course I'm fucking bitter. Yep. You know, I, I worked with tons of great cops in an area, a lot of who just don't want to talk to me anymore because of my mouth, because of the attention I bring myself, because of the war I'm in with my department. Um, and, and I understand that. And law enforcement, it's like I miss the brotherhood. But also, you know what? I'm kind of glad to be out of it because you, you, I didn't want to pigeonhole, my, pigeonhole myself in that avenue. So yeah. just for the sake that there's guys out there, men and women out there who still value what I have to say, understand that just like me saying that uh, you're going to law enforcement to prove yourself as an individual, mm -hmm. I still now want to serve cops. So I served the public before. I'm not a cop anymore. Call me fired, call me disgraced, call me a big mouth. I don't care. I still want to use the platform I have for the profession I care about. Mm -hmm. So it really means a lot to me that people wanted to hear what I had to say today for the pure, simple fact of you guys make me better. And I have to keep going. Selfishly, that's my whole agenda is I want to become better. And I do that through you guys. And, and I love it because... You know, even though even though you're blunt and you're raw and you're in people's face, you're a lot like me, probably, which is why I love you. <laughs> um, but you, people need to hear. People really need to hear your message. People need to hear like they really need to hear. You know, have that plan B. You know, don't have your head in the sand. Pull your head out of your ass. You know, be a fucking cops cop and and figure this out. You know, don't don't schmooze and don't be don't become a part of the problem. Become part of the solution. You know, and I, and I love it. So, Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dominic. Thank you so much for being here. Can you tell us again how um, Sheepdog Nation can follow you, where they can find you, where do you hang out the most? Uh, you know what? The easiest thing to go is to find me is on izzo.us. That's our website, izzo.us, and that'll direct you to every one of our uh, Facebook pages, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can look up Dominic Izzo on Facebook, and it'll put you right to our page, or The Rants, R-A-N-T-S, The Rants of Izzo. And that's our show that's on, uh, we're on live uh, at uh, 7 p.m. every Monday through, th every Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern. Uh, and then we have a podcast up. So if you listen to your squad car, guys, it's guaranteed to, um, I, I, my job is to offend you, to insult you, to inspire you, to make you think, to piss you off. Because the more emotion that I can get out of you, even if it's in my expense, the more that you will think and you will dynamically change the game, which forces me to grow as well, too. So I try to uh, entertain at the same point in time to engage uh, a little bit more uh, poignant thinking. 
Absolutely. I love it. And Sheep Dog Nation, uh, we have his, we have his, uh, his website right down in the show notes. So you can just go and hit that. You can find him um, if, if that's easiest for you. Again, Dominic, thank you so much for being here. Um, loved having you here. I know that Sheepdog Nation is going to get a ton out of listening to this episode. They ought to listen, Sheepdog Nation. You ought to listen to this like two, three times because it was a lot of shit that got talked about and it's not all going to sink in. So come back, hit replay and listen to the whole thing all over again. Thank you so much, Dominic. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And that was another episode of Sheepdog Nation. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go to iTunes and let us know by giving us a rating. If you have questions that you want answered by Autumn in the podcast, submit it by going to the link in the show notes. As always, stay safe and watch your 